Number one, I refuse to be average. Come on. Okay. So if I sense any bit of me being average, I know that I'm effing up and I need to pivot immediately. Uh, that's what happened with me moving here to Texas. Uh, I started 75 hard back in May, 2020. Mm. I get about three or four days into it and pff, lightning bolt hits Tom again. And it's like, Hey, knock, knock. Um, that's average in your life. That's average in your life. And so is that. And in my home office, I've got this big sign over my desk that says, I refuse to be average. Mm. Cause I'm a big proponent. Like you don't just put the core values on a piece of paper. You don't just put them on the wall. Once you have to live and die and, and read and review those values very often. And that goes for you personally, as well as your team. Yeah. So I look up at this poster in my room in my office and I said, oh no, like here I am. I, I built an average business. I have an average home in New York. I have an average this, I have an average relationship with this one. What am I doing? It's summer, which means you're gonna be outside having fun and you need cool, comfy t-shirts that represent who you are. Head over to Inspired Tees Company at my Shopify and you'll find the perfect inspirational Christian tees for you. Inspired Tees also has unique jewelry, coffee mugs, pharmacy cosmetics and skincare, and more. Everything you and your family need for an amazing summer at Inspired Tees Company. Shop online right now at inspiredteesco.myshopify.com. Thomas, your husband, your father, best-selling author, Apex executive coach, host of Step It Up Entrepreneur podcast. You're also the COO of, of excuse me, of Break Free Academy. Thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate it. Hey, man. Uh, first off, Eric, thank you so much. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and be a guest on your show. Uh, you recently came on mine, and this is just, you know, it's just cool that you and I were able to connect with this crazy thing called social media. And right. here we are having deep dive conversations talking about our lives and you know, things that we've screwed up and things that we've actually been successful with. Come on. Yeah, dude. That's, that's what it's about, man. I like to go back to the beginning with my shows. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? So, man, I, I grew up in uh, Long Island, New York. Uh, okay. I grew up 18 miles outside of New York City in the suburbs, like middle-class suburbs. Just picture gotcha. it. Yeah. Um, so, cool area. Uh, I, I honestly, I didn't have a harsh life growing up. Uh, you know, a lot of people have a story where they went through some real you know, complete dog shit. And that, that wasn't me. Yeah. Um, my parents did divorce when I was four. Uh, my dad, uh, he, he's an alcoholic, just calling a spade a spade here. Okay. Sure. And he's, he's suffered with that his entire life. And my mom finally got fed up around, uh, I was four in 1984. Okay. So that was the year that some major life altering events happened to me. My grandmother died, my parents got divorced. And then all of a sudden, like family was kind of broken. But that was about as bad as it got. I had some deaths in the family growing up as a teenager, but I didn't struggle beyond that, if that makes any sense to you. Um, yeah. So, you know, my mom being a single mom and having to go out there and work and, and kind of make ends meet, uh, a lot of times she wasn't around to say, hey, you know, go do this, go do that. So she would stick me with my uncles, her brothers. And they were both handy guys, blue collar dudes. They were both in the automotive industry. Uh, the kind of guys that automotive related or not didn't make a difference. They could, they could fix it or build it. Nice. So I got to spend time with them and uh, I'm grateful for, for the, the, the life lessons and exercises that they put me through. Um, because at the time I just thought they were being two old grumpy dicks and <laughs> yeah. they, they were just molding me into a hardworking man is what they were doing. Yeah, uh, they were never mean to me by no means. So I don't want I don't want it to come off the wrong way. But they were they were uh, practicing what I'll call tough love on me. Sure. You know, wake yeah. me up early, 
you know, get back from the field or, or the day's work and, oh, your, your hands aren't dirty enough or you're not bleeding enough. There's not enough cuts on your hands. You didn't work hard enough, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it really made me uh, learn what hard work is. So that kind of, um, you know, it, it, it's, you're very malleable in, in those young teenage years. So they were molding me into the man that I was about to become. So yeah. super grateful for what they did and the lessons learned. Uh, one of them unfortunately passed away when I was 16. He died of lung cancer. Uh, and, but I still got to, to hang around my other uncle, the older one, for quite some time and, and learn a lot from him uh, in the automotive space over the years, which is awesome. Yeah, you know, I grew up at my dad always said, like, pay people to fix your stuff, pay people to fix your cars and stuff like that. Right. So my wife, she was raised by her grandfather, who was a shop teacher for like 30 years. So mm -hmm. she grew up in the shop. She knows how to do everything. And so it's funny because I'm the techie guy. So we call it his tech, her tools, all the tools in the house are hers. I try to build stuff. She builds the same thing, does it 10 times better. You know, so we've just realized that that's my gift and that's her gift. Yeah. And she's the tool person, man. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you end up spending a lot of your career in the audio installation, like industry, right? You went from owning a company yeah. and then you were an employee and then back to owning a company with top class installation in 2009. You grew that thing to seven figures and then you become this CEO over there at Break Free Academy. Why did you decide to change that, uh, you know, change out of the audio industry? or audio installation industry, and then make that way over to Break Free Academy. How did all yeah. that come together, man? So, you know, working with my uncles, I, found, I realized that I loved automotive, right? Yeah. I, I love cars. Uh, I was always a music buff. I was always listening to what I thought was good music and, and all different genres. Um, and I realized at the age of about 17 that you could actually marry the two. They had this thing called audio and they had this thing called cars, yeah. right? And right. you could put them together and make car audio. Oh, cool. I didn't know it was, was even a thing. Until I got, you know, around those driving years and, and you, you hang out with some kids in high school and some kids got, you know, an amplifier and some speakers in his car. And dude, it just lit the bug in me big time. And I nice. went and I started uh, self-educating myself as much as I could. Um, became a professional installer right out of high school. Right. And um, basically went on to make that my career. I, it was my passion. That was all that mattered. I want to install car audio and I want to be the best in the world. That was it. Yeah. And I taught myself as much as I could. I worked about a year or two in the field locally to where I grew up. And uh, I went back home to my mom. At this point, I've, I've already dropped out of local community college. School's not for me. I know it's just not the right thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done wasting time there. Uh, I was cutting school, community college, to go work in the audio shop. Okay. So I was like, wait, wait a second, wait a second. This, this isn't working here. Right. So mom wasn't too thrilled about that at first. Sure. Uh, but then she had my back big time. And uh, I said to her, like, I've taught myself as much as I can teach myself. I need to go find the expert, the mentor to come in and teach me more. So I went out and found this place up in Boston, Massachusetts. It was a, a shop called uh, Right Top, Richard and Ferreira Team of Professionals. And at the time, it was probably the most exclusive, high-end uh, car audio fabrication installation training facility in the country. Oh, nice. So I went up there and I spent three months at the age of 19 in Boston, which was really cool. You know, it was kind of like my college term, you know, sure. my yeah. freshman year yeah. and got to hang out with some good dudes and, and learned a lot. Came back to Long Island uh, at the end of the summer and, and landed a job at a really high end um, car audio facility. And we were doing work for some big name people. And just I loved every minute of it and yeah. um, working on some real high end vehicles, high profile people. And got to experience a lot of cool things. And of course, you know, when you get down, it's like, you know, the tech in you gets this. When you get down to the nitty gritty, not everything goes smooth and perfect. 
but it's in those challenges where you learn and you become better. Yep. So did that for a while. uh, And at the age of 21, I decided that I knew more than my boss. Yeah. I didn't intend. I did not. Um, I knew here's, here's what I did know. I knew more than he did in the vehicle and the technical aspect, because I had gone and and educated myself in that area. But when it came time to run in the business, no good, man. I was no bueno. You know, I didn't know the first thing about accounting. I didn't know the first thing about, you know, Hey, this is how we have to order supplies. Oh, you have to structure an entity an LLC and S corp. Well, what's the difference and why? Oh, I've got to hire an attorney or an accountant to do that. Like I knew none of that stuff. And I just, I, I don't know what, what magic stuff I was smoking, but I, I just thought that you started this business and all of a sudden magically customers just appeared at your door and gave you money to do work. Right. It does not work that way at all. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, after five years, I crashed and burned that business pretty hard. Okay. I went to work for someone for a couple of years to get back on my feet financially, learned more about the business side of the industry um, and, and just kind of grew up a little bit too. I needed to yeah. grow up. I was still young. I was 25 or so when, when I closed my shop, maybe 26 and went, went to work for this dude. And I think I was uh, at the tail end of my 29th year. And I, I got married to my wife in July of 2009. Uh, two months later, I incorporated top class installations with my uh, previous business partner. And we, we specialized in the, the installation of GPS tracking and dash camera systems in commercial vehicles. Okay. So we start this business off and, and I met my, my partner um, in the car audio field. Him and I worked at a shop together and he was a shop manager. He's 10 years my senior, had more experience and we just connected. We just dive really well together from the get-go. Yeah. Um, so we, we start this business and we're saying yes to everything. We're still saying yes to the customers who know us from, from the audio days who are hitting us up saying, hey, I want to, I want to amp and subs in my car. Can you do it? Yeah, sure. Bring it over. You know, hey, I want a remote start and an alarm system in my car. Yeah, come on, bring it over. Hey, I want to drop down TV in my wife's Escalade. Yeah, come on, bring it over. So we're saying yes to everything. And I think it's an important lesson there because as, as a new business owner, a lot of times you have to say yes to everything. You don't have the luxury of saying, of being picky and choosy of who your ideal customer is. However, when you do evolve and you become a more structured and um, I'll say poignant organization, you do have the luxury of saying no to certain clients who aren't the right fit for you. That was, that was a tough lesson I had to learn. Um, Around the fifth year mark of being in that business, my wife came back and says, Hey, guess what? I'm pregnant. It's like, Oh, awesome. It was (laughs) cool. I was excited, but I was also, I was scared to death. Sure. So I'm like, all right, well, cool. What do we do? And kind of went back to work. And a couple of weeks later, it's like a lightning bolt hit me and said, hey, uh, knock, knock. Uh, hate to break it to you, but your life's about to get very serious. Like you're bringing another uh, human into the world, this flesh and blood, and you've got more responsibilities. It's not just you, the wife, the dog, and the two cars at home anymore. It's, it's another person. So that was my, another life-altering event. Boom, it hits me. It's like, oh, I got to become a real adult now. Right. At 35. (laughs) (laughs) So um, up to that point, dude, I hadn't, I hadn't been self-developing at all. I, I was fantastic as a technician. I knew everything you needed to know about car audio and installing electronics into a vehicle. I had read every installation guide and, and industry magazine that was ever put out. However, I hadn't put the time back into me to develop me and my mindset. 
Um, so I see, I got this business here. It's at a six figure mark, multiple six figure mark. I'm saying, okay, cool. Me, me and a partner, we're, we're making good money, but we are the business. We're working, we're working night and day, you know, crazy hours, but we're doing well. But something inside me is like, this could be a lot better than what it currently is. Yeah, I got to that point again where I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I kind of taught myself as much as I could teach myself. Where can I go? Where can I find a mentor who's been through this before who can tell me more about this? And that's what really kicked off the whole self-development thing for me. I went out and hired my first coach. Come on. Um, and that dude said, hey, you got to go read. You're going to work with me. You need to read. And that reinvigorated my love of learning. Simple as that. So uh, that was a, a wild time, dude. Yeah. And then for the next, that was, uh, we're going on about six years ago. That was, okay. so in a six year period, you know, I've just like put my head down and done the work. Yeah. And a lot of really cool things have happened since then, you know, I uh, wound up exiting my business this past November, separating from my partner. Just, I didn't have a passion for that business any longer. It was just time to move on. Like, yeah, I had money coming in every week, but it wasn't fulfilling. Right. I knew it wasn't the reason I was put here on this planet. And, um, I learned that purpose, my purpose, by doing all the self-development and working on me. And it's, it's funny, dude. It's kind of like, um, it's like the guy or the girl who goes out to the bar and is looking for their perfect soulmate and they never find them. Right. But the one day they walk into like Kroger or, you know, the local food store and they're not looking for anybody, they find the right person. Well, yeah. that's kind of like it was for me. That's how I found my wife. I went out one night and wasn't looking for her and there she was. Yep. And the same thing with my purpose. Like I wasn't looking for it. However, I stumbled upon it at the right time because I had done some of the work that was required to get there. Oh, that's so good, dude. Yeah. So good, man. What, for those who don't know, what is Break Free Academy? Yeah. So Break Free Academy uh, is, a, is a company here in Dallas, Texas, uh, North Dallas to be exact. And um, founded by Ryan Stuman, the hardcore closer himself, who's a good dear friend of mine and someone I get to work with every day. Uh, he's one of the coaches and mentors that I hired which is a really cool story because I started here as a paying client and then came in and then said, okay, let me level up to the, to the top tier. Then I became a, a coach to the, to our top clients here while I was still uh, co-owning my company in New York. I moved here in September and I had zero interest in coming here to work whatsoever. And I'm down here, I'm actually building a new business and I get a phone call from his team saying, Hey, you want to come work for us? So <laughs> I tell you all that to go back to the original question. Yeah. At Break Free Academy, we basically help people become the most elite version of themselves. Come on. So there's business coaching, there's masterminding, we have online courses, we have live events. Uh, we teach people how to write books, we teach people how to start podcasts and become basically position themselves as the authority in whichever industry it is that they they are in. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet, dude. Uh, and Ryan's such a great dude, man. I've had him on my show. Blessed to have him come on and share his story, man, and just speak some life into some of those listeners, man. You end up writing this book called Unfuck Your Business, which talks about you know how businesses self-sabotage and how to get clear on those core values. Like, why are core values so important? And what are your core values, man? Great question. So I'll hit off on two of my personal core values. Yeah. Um, number one, I refuse to be average. Come on. Okay. So if I sense any bit of me being average, I know that I'm effing up and I need to pivot immediately. Uh, that's what happened with me moving here to Texas. Uh, I started 75 hard back in May, 2020. Mm. I get about three or four days into it and pff, lightning bolt hits Tom again. And it's like, Hey, knock, knock. Um, that's average in your life. That's average in your life. And so is that. And 
in my home office, I've got this big sign over my desk that says, I refuse to be average. Mm. So I'm a big proponent. Like you don't just put the core values on a piece of paper. You don't just put them on the wall once you have to live and die and, and read and review those values very often. And that goes for you personally, as well as your team. Yeah. So I look up at this poster in my, my room in, in my office and I said, oh no, like here I am. I, I built an average business. I have an average home in New York. I have an average this, I have an average relationship with this one. What am I doing? And that's, that was my key. That was the trigger for me to go and take massive action and fix that because I knew that I needed to live within alignment of those core values or that one particular core value. So yeah. wild dude. Um, yeah. One of my other ones is I, I'm in accumulation mode. Okay. So any money that I make, I'm always taking a percentage of it and putting it away and, and stacking it upon stacking it upon stacking it. Cause you never know when the, when the investment opportunity of a lifetime is going to present itself to you. Totally. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. Like one of the things that you mentioned is the key to success is the small steps forward daily. Mm -hmm. Like what, what does that mean? And how are you doing that, man? So, you know, everyone, I shouldn't say everyone I'm generalizing. A lot of people come into coaching networks and, and programs like this, uh, clients that I personally coach, even people in, in other uh, networks and, and, and instances. And they expect, like they set this goal, like, okay, I'm going to write a book. And they expect in a week and a half time that passes that they're going to write this book and have this massive project completed. And you and I both know that's just not how things go. I yep. mean, you know, how long have you, have you been putting the podcast out now? Yeah, three years. Right, three years you've been working on this and you're dialed in at this point. Like I, I've seen the behind the scenes of, of your system and the way that you onboard your guests. So you got your stuff dialed in, dude. Oh, but I'm that. sure you didn't start that way. No way. <laughs> Correct. So like people, people have this, this, this false expectation that they're going to come in, they're going to start this thing today. And all of a sudden magic's going to be like, Rome's going to be built in a day. Yep. No way, not possible. So that's where the small steps forward daily come in. So it's like, Hey, you have to set the end goal. You've got to get clear on that vision. Okay. And, and for those of us who are business owners, who are visionaries, that's your role. You have to set the vision. So other people can see it too. set the vision. Right. And then work backwards. And you have to take those small steps towards that end goal each and every day no matter what. Yes, absolutely, man. I love that. Like I bet. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I started in 2017 in a walk-in closet, man. I didn't know about lighting or cameras or microphones. I did almost a hundred episodes in that walk-in closet. Cause I was just like, man, I don't have any other space. I'm just going to make this happen though. I just knew I yep. wanted to do podcasting. Now I got lights and camera and my own studio sort of speak. Right. And so, yep. man, it's all about those small steps for sure. Yeah. I mean, being an entrepreneur and I'm not a full-time entrepreneur yet. I still work full-time, but being an entrepreneur, it's scary. It's definitely not for everyone. What, in your opinion, like, what does it take to be a full-time entrepreneur? Balls. You got sure, to you have to have a couple of loose screws in your head, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you've got to be willing to risk everything. You really yep. do because you just never know what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Uh, I mean, I see so many people who, who start these businesses and this is, this is the whole lesson that I learned in my first business that I, I talk about a lot in my book. Um, and there's a big difference. I'll tell a quick story here about it yeah. too, that, that'll definitely relay it over to the audience. Well, my first business, I am the business. I'm everything. I'm the one counting the cash. I'm the one collecting the money. I'm the one ordering the supplies. I'm the one performing the installations. I'm the one selling the job. Like literally, if I'm not there, nothing happens, even though I have a couple employees working for me. Okay. So the business ultimately is me. Yep. I wind up getting hurt severely while at work, right? Back problems. 
I, I wound up herniating multiple discs in my lower back and I had to spend three weeks in bed to heal. Mm. In that three week period, not one single cent of revenue was generated for my company. We were in the red to begin with because it was, it was a complete mess. Yeah. So that right there was, was the, the final straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. So things don't happen uh, immediately a lot of times in business. So three weeks go by, I go back into the shop and I think it was three months or so later when I just couldn't afford anything anymore. Mm. I couldn't rob Peter to pay Paul any longer. So wind up closing the business down and moving on. Fast forward into business number two. Uh, I'm trying to give you a year perspective. I'm probably seven years into the business at this point. Okay. So I've already personally developed a lot, not as much as I am today. I've already started to build the business systems, processes, hire the right team. I'm not the only one who can do everything within the business because that's how we started the first five years too, my partner and I. So we've got a lot of staff members. A lot of people are trained up. We've got SOPs in place. We've got systems. We've got software. A lot of stuff is moving and grooving here and well. Um, long story short, my wife says, it's time to take your son to the hospital. He has an intestinal blockage. It's two foot snowstorm in the middle of the winter in New York. And okay, go to the hospital. She goes with him. I watch the girls at home. A couple hours later, I get a phone call. I hear some road noise in the background. It's my wife saying, uh, your son's got to go in for emergency surgery to basically remove this intestinal blockage. He's, he's, he's a twin. So this is already the most difficult year of my life. Right. No exaggeration. I've got, I've got a two-year-old in diapers and I've got twins at home, a boy, girl set of twins at home who they're just, they're babies yeah. and there's two of them at the same time. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's already, it's already a shit show at home. Right. And now, oh, oh, by the way, my wife is not working now. She's, she's removed herself from work because she's now a full-time mom, courtesy of the family that we, you know, just, just add water family we created, Yeah, totally. uh, which is cool. We made that decision together. So I've got more pressure on me, you know, work-wise, financially wise. We've got these two babies at home that just haven't stopped crying and six months into it, you know, my son's just not doing well. So boom, he's got to go in for surgery. Like, oh, cool. Great. Not really. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I, I never forget it, dude. I'm driving to the hospital and um, it was the morning after the snowstorm. My wife's already there with my son. I'm driving in. My mom had come to take over the girls at home and I'm driving in. And I remember calling my team on, on, on the phone from my car and basically saying, hey, look, listen. Until further notice, I don't exist. Don't yeah. call me. Don't text me. Don't email me. Like I'm shutting everything down and off and I'm going into hibernation mode because something is way more important right now than any customer, client, or business. Yep. And if I had not built my business to work without me, that would not have been possible. So fun fact here is I shut, I shut everything down. And about three weeks later is when I come back. So three weeks on round one killed the business. Three weeks on round two, I come back to a business that's still generating revenue. It's still, still alive. My employees, their payroll was still taken care of. Love it, man. So it's just so important to structure the business to operate without you. That's the biggest takeaway, man. That's yeah. the biggest lesson that I learned from business one to business two. That's awesome, man. I, and what, I mean, uh, and your son's doing good now? Oh, he's great. Yeah. I can't get him to stop talking or eating. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, my kids are 11 and eight, man. And dude, it, my son is a, the younger one, man. And it, like both of them just eat us out of house and home already, man. I'm like, man, we're going to go broke just trying to feed you guys. Dude. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of my buddies uh, invites me up to his house in Oregon a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And he's like, hey, man, bring the whole family. And I look at him. I'm like, uh, you OK with that? I'm like, look, I got three kids. I'm a big guy. I eat a lot, too. I, you know, I got three kids and a wife. Like, we're going to eat at a house and home. He's like, nah, man, come on. It's cool. It worked out great. We had a great time. But yeah. I had to just check with him and make sure that he was aware of the of the the tornado he was inviting into his home. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, last question. What, what are you most excited for, man, in 2021? Dude, we got some big goals here. Yeah. Um, like I can get some underboob sweat going right now, starting to think of them. Like okay. that's how, and, and you know, it's the right goal when you start getting like a little jittery, like, Oh man. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Ryan. Um, it's funny. Ryan and I work out at the same gym, but we go in at different times and we happen to cross paths this morning at the gym and he hasn't been in the office for the past couple of days. And he's like, uh, Hey, I just want to let you know, you know, um, I don't ask him questions. This is his business. And I know he handles his stuff. Sure. And, and that's the, the mutual respect we have for each other. He knows I handle business. And if him and I don't talk for a day or two, I ain't worried. Yeah. So I see him passing in the gym and he's like, Hey, he goes, uh, I went out and looked at some real estate yesterday. He's, we're at a point now where we've outgrown the office that we're in. Okay. We're looking to ramp up our staff. We've got some lofty goals as far as revenue is concerned of, uh, about what we want to deliver to our clients. And, you know, we, we hold a lot of live events, even through all of COVID we've held live events. That's amazing. We shut down for like a two or three month period, but dude, we're still ripping people through. We got an event tomorrow. We got 60 people coming into the office. Come on. So awesome. uh, yeah, it's a cool events called funnel closer. And we teach people how to basically build funnels top to bottom, which is cool stuff. So um, we're looking for a space that's going to allow us to hold several hundred people and throw our own events in house. So what this is going to force us to do is build a whole other company, which yeah. I'm all about. I love building businesses, right? We're going to build a company that also has an event management company built into the space because not only are we going to use this space for our own events, but we're going to sublease the space out to other people. So, oh, cool. You want to come to Dallas and throw an event for yourself or, or another person's mastermind that you know of? Awesome. Come on down. We got the space. We got the AV. We got the tech. We got the lighting. We got everything set up. You just walk in and put your stuff on the wall and we got you covered. Man, dude, that is exciting. I'm excited for you guys, man. Yeah. That's so good, dude. Uh, two last fun questions. Are you a morning person or a night person? <laughs> you and I have talked about this. Yeah. Uh, my DNA tells me I'm a night person. That's why I'm laughing. Okay. It took me uh, I'm about, I'm about four years deep right now into okay. forcing myself to become a morning person. Okay. Uh, I would definitely say at this point, I have become a morning person. I think a lot of that has to do with my age too. You know, I, I hit 41 this year and uh, it's kind of like uh, yeah, going to bed earlier and earlier. But yeah, uh, definitely uh, my DNA said I was a night person forever. I was always the kind of guy who was up until three, four, five in the morning doing what I thought was my best work. Yeah. Um, it, it may have been Corona induced too, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, I, I flipped it forward a couple of years ago when I started to take my health more seriously and yeah. I started reading books and learning about how, how important structuring your day and kicking the day off in a correct manner is yeah. good for you. You know, some of the things you and I talked about on my podcast, you know, I wake up and within the first five minutes, I write down five things that I'm grateful for every single morning. It's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Oh, I love that, dude. Yeah, I'm uh, 4 a.m., dude, but 9 p.m. every night, I'm out like a bulb, dude. <laughs> I, I'm not at the party animal anymore like I used to be. Uh, last question, man. I'm a music guy, but so I always love to ask this question. What's the favorite type of music for you, or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Dude, there's so many. Um, I used to get funny looks in New York. 
because okay. I, I love country. All right. So nice. you know, being a car audio guy too, I usually had some pretty good sound in my car. So ripping through <laughs> New York City, you know, pumping some Hank Williams Jr. gets you some funny looks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, dude, I can rip anything. It, it could literally be, you know, country, new, old country. I'm cool with all that. Uh, love Pink Floyd. I love classic rock, you know, ACDC, you know, Aerosmith. Um, I'm a big fan of live events, live venues. Yes. Uh, growing up, luck, I'm so fortunate where I did grow up. Um, you know, Jones Beach is a world-renowned beach on Long Island. Okay. And they have the Jones Beach Amphitheater. Well, they probably have some, you know, big bank's name on it nowadays because they're sponsored, all that crap. But uh, sure. it's to me, it's the Jones Beach Amphitheater and always will be. Yep. It's an outdoor venue. And I, people who aren't from that area don't know this, but there's a very little sliver of land between uh, the mainland of Long Island and the uh, Atlantic Ocean. And that's where Jones Beach is. So you're sitting at this venue and you're, you're elevated pretty good. You can look down on the band and off to your left is a bay and there's nice cool boats that pull up and listen to the music from behind the stage. And then off to the right is the Atlantic Ocean. And as the sun sets in the summer over this live venue, it's just an amazing thing. It, it almost doesn't even make a difference who's playing that night. Sure. Just being there and experiencing the environment is awesome. Yeah. Man, Thomas, this was such a great show, dude. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me, man. And your story is awesome, dude. Love what you got going on with Break Free Academy. Excited for what's coming for you guys, man. Thank you again for your time, man. Truly an honor. Hey, man, I appreciate this and I love to give back. So I, my intent is always to come in here and help at least one person succeed. And if yeah. I've done that today to someone in your audience, then, then I've, I've succeeded in today's topics. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I appreciate it. If you could please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast. The link is down below. That helps us get our message out, get the show out, helps us get ranked out there on the Apple podcast. Also leave a comment below, man. I'd love to know what part of this show made the most impact on you. I respond to every comment on there and please share this video, whether you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.